Today we're talking about Sunday, Sunday, and you're here, which is awesome. You've already made this day a priority, and I, not only do I appreciate it, I'm, I'm honored. I'm honored to stand in this place, to be able to speak to you and address you. I don't take that lightly. I, I'm, I'm humbled by it, and I appreciate you know, that you're here today to hear this and to work with us. Now, I was a little transparent with you a minute ago, and that was a little painful for me. I'm going to ask you to be transparent for a minute. Yeah, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. I know we do that a lot, and I'm not opposed to that, but, but I, I just want you to be honest for a minute between you and God, you and yourself. That's the more important one, right? You and yourself. Because a lot of times we can fool ourselves. We can, we can talk ourselves in or out of things, or we can, we can convince ourselves it's not that bad. But how many of you would just, again, no hands. I'm not looking for hands. I'm not looking for elbows either. You know how you can help be someone else's conscience. I'm not looking for that. And since Rex is already nudging his wife, that's not even right. How many of you would, would admit that through the year and coming up to this point, that maybe you've, maybe you're, you're, you've slipped a little bit. You've gotten a little off track, just a little bit. And you need a little bit of an adjustment. And some of the things we've covered have, have helped, but it's easy to do that, to let your faith slip a little and get stagnant. Your own personal walk with Christ get a little stagnant. I had this, had this student, he was such a great a young guy and just a great preacher. I mean, he had so much life. And right now he's doing a school of somebody's. It's perfect for him. He's got so much energy in life. And, and one time we had him preach in the youth group and he did this altar call. It was, it was really clever. He said, I want you all to stand. I'm not asking you that. I'm just saying that's what he did. So he had everybody stand. And he said, now I want you to sit if you're closer to God right now than you've ever been in your entire life. Think about it. Your entire life. If you're the closest you've ever been, about five people sat down and he's like, all right, the rest of you need to come to this altar right now and (laughs) get get back with God. But the thing is, if we're honest about it, there's times in our life where we we slip a little bit and we're not quite where we need to be. And maybe we've let other things crowd in or maybe your time with God isn't as vibrant or or maybe in the middle of that, what has happened is that you start to feel like it's maybe a little less real. It's not as, as close to your heart and mind and you don't feel like you're as connected to God and it can easily be that way that you start to slip out of relationship. I'm going to share a scripture with you starting us off here today. This is a truth that I never want you to forget. As you come close to God, he will come close to you. Something you need to know about him though, he doesn't force himself on you. He's not looking for for slaves. He's not looking for robots. He's not looking to control everything about you. He wants you to come to him and choose him. It's really an amazing thing. I mean, we're talking about the God of the universe. He could do that. Is he all-powerful? Yes, he is. But does he use his power in in a coercive, controlling, you can't get out of his presence way? No, he does not. He doesn't want to be that kind of person and have that kind of relationship with you. He wants a relationship with you where he puts it out there and he gives you the choice and then you choose to serve him or not. That's what he wants. Let me ask you, those of you who are parents, you you in a lot of cases can make your kid do certain things, but wouldn't you prefer they do it because they want to? They do it, how many times, and maybe this hasn't happened enough, but but have you ever had this experience where you come downstairs and you're like, wait a minute, who cleaned the kitchen? Who, who did that? And then, 
which is kind of sad in a way because you're like, who could that have possibly been? And then as you talk to them, you're like, and you're like, well, why did you do that? And when they say something like, because it needed to be done, you're like, oh, oh, wow. That's the right thing, right? That's what our God wants. He wants a relationship like that where you serve him because you love him and you want to. And as you come near to him, you choose to come near to him. He comes near to you. That's who he is. He doesn't play hide and seek. He doesn't. Now, there may be times where you feel less close to him or you may feel like it's difficult to find him. But I guarantee you, that's not him. That's us. That's us. That's us in our personalities. It's us in the way we let the day crowd in. And, and uh, Sunday's one of those days where you can choose to put him first or you can choose to put other things first. Have you ever noticed he doesn't put church on your calendar for you? He does not. He does not. It's not working that way. That's not how it is. And I did have one of those experiences today where I, <clears throat> I woke up a little bit before my alarm and got up and, and went downstairs. And then when I turned my phone on, I realized I didn't actually set my alarm. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. You know how embarrassing it is for the pastor to show up late to church, right? <laughs> <clears throat> and I said, thank you, Jesus. And I was serious. And I'm not sure he woke me up. But when I woke up, I looked at the time and thought, I could go back to bed for a little bit. I thought, no, I'm going to get up. I chose to do that. I'm, I'm just saying, you choose to come close and he comes close. You know, Sunday is kind of an option. I mean, we don't, we don't actually dock your membership each Sunday you miss. Now, technically, if you're a church member and you miss three months in a row, you can go inactive. But as a board, we, we know that's in the, in the bylaws, and there's a lot of times like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to do that. God doesn't do that. What he wants is for you to want to be here and to be part of him and, and who he is. And I, I understand Sundays have changed. It's, it's your Sunday. I get that. I, I grew up in church. My, my parents were very involved in church, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for parents who, who not only were Christians, but they lived a life, and it was real, and they... They talked about the struggles and they talked about their faith and, and I, I, I appreciate that. But I want you to know that I grew up in an era and a time where church, um, it was our life. Let me, let me explain my schedule as a kid, you know, I, and I'm talking about like elementary school, junior high, high school. I mean, through those years, probably more so, of course, when we were younger. But, uh, you know, my parents were <clears throat> very, they were very involved. My dad had been a board member, not a board. I mean, he was on and off the board different times. My mom was choir director. They both taught Sunday school at different times and um, disinvolved. And when, we, when my dad was in the Navy and we were overseas, my mom worked at a servicemen center and she worked at a, at a deaf ministry. And we were there with them every minute. Uh, you know, that's how it used to be. You were there. So when they were in choir practice, I was in the auditorium, sometimes under the seats and whatever, but I was there. I mean, we were there. That was who, what we did. So I remember one time talking to a friend of mine. He's like, why do you go to church so much? <laughs> then, then he said this. He goes, are you that bad? <laughs> well, yeah, probably, maybe. That is probably why. But, I mean, we're talking Sunday morning early because they had to be there before Sunday school, right? And then um, Sunday, church, and then usually it'd be something after. And then they had to be back the way they did it when I was a kid anyway. Choir practice was like 4.30. Then we had the Sunday night service, right? Then we usually went to someone's house or a restaurant or something after church. I mean, Sunday was a really, really, really long day. I mean, and that's just how it was. So 
It's different, I know, today than it was then. But then that didn't end there because then usually Tuesday was some kind of meeting, either for my dad or my mom. And then Wednesday night we had church. And then there was usually like a prayer meeting in there Thursday or Friday. And then there could be something like a, a, a church event maybe on a Saturday. And that's, that may, that may be a busier than normal week, but that was not uncommon. Does anybody else have that life experience? It's changed a lot, hasn't it? And, and here's what else has changed. I remember having this discussion. I was, I was at a, a different church, and I was on staff, and we were talking about changing our Sunday nights, you know. And I remember one of the pastors pointed at all of us. He goes, you guys just want to stay home and watch TV. I'm like, well, that would be nice, but that's not it. I said, I, I don't know if you understand how life has changed. Because it used to be that Saturday was a day to catch up on stuff and do things. Remember? I mean, there's a lot going on, but... You, you had a lot of time, and you had a lot of downtime, and, and that's changed. Nowadays, I mean, there's so many things booked, and it seems like, um, you know, you're running here and there. I know yesterday I was, I was here, you know, early to help with the, just get the, you know, the Pinewood Derby going, and then, um, and then we, we, have, we had a, a funeral. We had a later rest, you know, Debbie, Debbie's North's brother, and that was a wonderful thing. Dave, you did a great job in that funeral, and then we finished up the, the uh, Pinewood Derby and then made sure it was cleaned up, and then birthday party and then did something with my son and then got home and they're busy days there wasn't really a time where i said oh we got like five hours to kill it's not like that anymore and your sunday becomes so precious and 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 nowadays you know i mean it's just it's just busy 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 you get ready for the week and you're thinking about it i mean school starts and but here's the thing about sunday i mean not only is sunday the day that that church meets and, and, you know, it's the day that Christ rose. That's why <clears throat> the, the disciples who were all Jewish had, had been Sabbath, uh, honoring Sabbath. Then they moved that to Sunday because Jesus rose on a Sunday. There's like four places in Scripture where it mentions them meeting on the first day of the week. And we know from early church history that that's when they met. We even know from, from uh, Roman uh, historians and Jewish historians, they refer to the Christian church meeting on this day and doing basically what we do here today. I mean, that's, this is his day. They call it the Lord's Day for a reason because we set this side, this day aside and we, we actually give him this day. And I don't know about you, but if I miss a Sunday, I feel like I've missed like a month of church. <laughs> I know it sounds, maybe this sounds, maybe that's because it's a big work day for us. A ministry day is, is for us. But I, I feel like, man, I haven't seen so-and-so for, for a long time. And then I, I, this has happened recently where I say something to somebody and they're like, oh, I was there just didn't see you. And when I missed you, I missed, I feel like I missed a lot. I mean, Sundays can be that way. And, and I don't know about you, but there's times where, you know, of course, we're going to be working on our faith, just like the previous three weeks talked about during the week. But there's something about getting recharged with all of y'all. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I can sing along to the, the radio and um, I, I can do that. And I, I can worship. And I, can, I, I mean, I'm, we're blessed in Kansas City. We have three Christian radio stations. It's amazing. And we can do that. And I don't know if any of you still use, you know, cassette tapes or CDs or all that. I mean, I, or your music on your iPad or your phone or whatever. I, I, you can do that. But that's not the same. I don't know what it is, but there's something about corporate worship when, when we're surrounded by hundreds of other Christians and we're singing along together. And, 
And these songs we did today weren't ones I chose. They were chosen. And as we sing them, I feel like God directs that. And he ministers to my heart in a way that I had not pre-planned. And it's something that he is doing. And I really do believe this. I'm not trying to be spooky or weird. But it's a supernatural thing where God speaks to us during this time. And if you're not here, you don't, you don't get that. You don't get that recharging. You don't get that. You know, the, we, I pray, we pray over these sermons. We pray over what we're going to communicate. God, what do you want to say? And how do you want to say it? And we spend time in this. But you know what's interesting to me? This happens more often than, than you can imagine where someone will come up and say, you know, Pastor, when you said this, it's just what I needed at that moment. I've been dealing with this. And I'm thinking, I didn't say that. I didn't. I did not say that. Who said that? You realize what happens? There's a spiritual component to this where God certainly, I pray, uses what I do say. But there's more to that. I think what he does a lot of times is he gets us in a position to start hearing from him and softens our heart and opens our mind and heart to him. And then he can speak to you and and do things that it's different. Now, of course, you hopefully at home, you're spending time in the word and you're spending time praying and you're meditating and talking to him and thinking you're responsible for that growth during the week, of course. But when you're here, there's something special about us being together, hearing a corporate word and letting God speak to us as a church. There's something special about that. You know, I want you to understand something. I know it's your Sunday. I get that. It's interesting because even, in, even, even back here, and this is Old Testament times, so thousands of years ago, the psalmist is trying to encourage people, and he says, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Whose house? Hmm. You know, it's interesting about that because it's really the Lord's day. I feel like it's my Sunday. Do you ever feel like that? But it's not. It's I mean, if you live for him, it's about him. It's really about him. Everything should be about him. And everything should be focused on him. Here's what we're going to do for just a few minutes. I'm going to give you just a couple tips on how you can make this day even better. Even better. Now, I'm not talking about getting a, getting a great uh, latte from the, the folks who work at the coffee shop, although they do a great job with that. And that, to me, is a great Sunday. There's been a couple Sundays where I forgot, and they said, hey, you didn't get your latte today. And I, Again, I knew something was missing. Just missing just a little bit of that goodness. You can make it even better. Let me just give you a couple tips. This is one thing. Wow, that was quick. Um, Let me encourage you to do this. Do I have permission to do this with you? Not everybody said yeah. That's okay, though. Um, (laughs) I'm going to encourage you to do this. Protect your Sunday. Protect it. Protect it. Now, I don't know how many of you do this, but... And I often forget when my birthday is, but I have some friends. They think that we all need to honor their birthday like for a whole week. And they say, this is my birthday week, don't forget. And uh, I've had students in the past where they would start, you know, texting or emailing, my birthday, week, birthday week's coming up. And I'm thinking, okay, what, what do you think? <laughs> but don't we protect certain days? You've got something going on or you know you have something coming up and it's special, it's important to you. So you start to protect it. You, you prepare for it. I understand all that. And I think if we were to apply that to some degree towards Sunday, that would change your life. Do you ever think about this? It sounds crazy, but do you make room in your schedule for God and for your relationship with him to grow? I mean, 
really, you know, I, I have a calendar, I'm sure a lot of you do, you know, and I have, I have the, the way it works with Google, I've got like four calendars actually on my calendar, so they're separated by colors. You know, I've got my personal, I've got the church, we've got the church one that goes out into the website, then we've got our internal staff one, you know, that keeps track of days off and things like that. You know what I mean? You ever schedule God in? I mean, do you really, do you ever say, he's important enough to, to actually get a time slot where I'm going to focus on him, and he's going to be the focus? Even back, I, I mean, we looked at Psalms, but even look in the book of Hebrews, this is in the early church days, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I, now, I, as I was praying over this and writing about it, I thought, you know what? You, they're great TV preachers. There are. Actually, you could hear probably uh, almost anybody you want. And if you went to YouTube, you could even hear some of the greats of, of the recent past. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there's something, again, different when doing it with your friends and the people of God and, and the body of Christ that he's put here on this hill at Crown Point. You know, I'm just going to give you a couple tips here. Did you know that if you make church a priority, your kids will too? Did you know that? I, I thought sometimes that my parents kind of went overboard on that. <laughs> my mom's going to hear this, but oh well. Um, I remember there was this one TV show I really wanted to watch, but it was only on Sunday nights. Now, some of you who are younger, you kids, you don't understand what I'm talking about, but everybody else you will understand. Remember how this was? If you missed it, you missed it forever. Yes. Right? There was no way to see that again. You missed it. It was gone. Over. So I remember one time, I remember one time, fake and I was sick, you know, the Ferris Bueller thing, you know, and I, I took the thermometer and I rubbed it really hard on the fabric and I got it too hot. I'm, I didn't know. And I remember telling my mom, I'm not feeling good at all. And, I'm, and, you know, it's funny how moms, they just, they're smart, you know what I mean? I mean, they know, they know, they just know, you know, and she looked at me and uh, she, she played me good. She did. She looked at me and she said, hmm. That's, that's interesting because this fever, really bad, but your eyes look fine. And then she touched my head. She goes, hmm. Then she did, you know what moms do, right? Jerk me right up to her face, you know, and put her face on my face. She goes, hmm, that's weird because you're all better now. <laughs> uh, never did see that show ever. Um, <clears throat> but it taught me something. Taught me the priority. And, and I, I'm going to say this again. I knew about this church years before, years before I was pastor here. Because I was youth pastor at Sheffield for six years. I had actually been in this building a number of times. So if someone would have said to me, what do, you, what do you think about Crown Point Church? I'd have said, oh, that's a nice church. What did I mean? The, the building is amazing, Right? And I knew, I knew Pastor Newby. He'd hugged me countless times already. I'll, Pastor, I'll never forget the first time he hugged me. I thought, this is a nice man. Because <laughs> we were at a meeting, and I, and I didn't even met him before, and he hugged me, and I thought, who does that? That is a nice person, right? And I knew a lot of the staff, and, uh, but I didn't know you. You're the church. Had somebody said, what do you think of that church? I would have been talking about the staff in the building, but that's not the church. You're the church. And now that I know you, I can't wait to see you. I can't. I can't wait to see you. I'm excited to stand in the lobby 
And I, that's why I'm out there before Sunday school, before service, before Wednesday night. You know, it used to be, I'd think, well, Wednesday service starts at 7. I could get there at 6, 6.15. But I don't want to do that. You know why? People start showing up here at 5. And I can be out there and we can have coffee and too much coffee and just sit and talk and get to know you and spend time with you. And this is a great place. I want to be here. And when I'm here, it charges us up. There's power in all of that. There's a charge in all of that. I'm, I'm going I'm to say this. As you put God first, he builds into your life more and more and more. This, this verse in Matthew, it's part of the Sermon on the Mount. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. I've often thought of that verse more as maybe in lifestyle and things like that, but I think it also applies to this. If you put him first and make you being here and growing in your relationship a priority, he will do that. He will work in you more than anything else. You know what, too? I love, I love some other things, how church has changed. You know, we get out so early. You know, we joke around sometimes. We make it out before the Baptist because we got to get to, you know, the restaurant. And I don't know if any of you are, watch, are driving by, you know, uh, Blue Springs, your first Baptist in, over there in Independence. And as you're driving by, you know, there's times where you're like, hey, we beat them good. We can get there. You're going to still have time for football and a nap and lunch and go out to lunch or go to the gym or get stuff ready for tomorrow or catch up on your homework or binge on Netflix or smoke some ribs. You got time. Right? Right? <laughs> Can I tell you another thing that might be kind of, I feel like somebody in here is saying, all right, PD, you're kind of meddling in my life right now, and I'm not sure I appreciate it. Anybody feeling like that? <laughs> How about this one? Could, you ever thought about this, maybe preparing your heart before you come here? Now, here's where I'm, here's where I'm at with that. Um, <clears throat> I joke around with these, those students I teach because they'll show up, you know, and we're getting ready to start a new chapter. And I say, who read the chapter before, you know, we got started this week? And they're like, I'm like, What? Why would we do that unless we have to, right? Right? But how about this? Imagine this. What if church was one of those things that you actually took responsibility for your spiritual growth, and then whatever happened here was just another nudge across the finish line? What, 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 if, what if you were working on it long before you pulled in the parking lot, and that, that getting here wasn't, this was almost like the graduation. It's not... This is not like where you start out. It's like the graduation because you've already been, been investing and pouring in and working on what, what God is going to do today. And Pastor Jeremy said this in our welcome, which I was going to talk about now. How many of you guys had a fight on the way to church? I was looking for a hand. What I was hoping for, not really, kind of, but it would be, not really. I wasn't really, I wouldn't hope, no. What I was kind of thinking would be funny, though, is if somebody raised their hand and then they got the nudge, like, put your hand up. It's funny, though, isn't it? I mean, stuff goes wrong. It's weird. It's, it's weird. Remember that snowy day Sunday we had a couple weeks ago? We had two in a row, remember? On one of those, I walked out. I, I got up, and normally when it's going to snow, you know, I, I get up a little early just so I can take care of the, parking, uh, the driveway and stuff. But this day, they said it wasn't going to be that deep, remember? I remember I opened the garage door, and my truck was like this. I'm like, what? what? That's what I said, what? Yeah, I had a flat tire, like all the way flat, like on the ground flat. Like, you wonder if the rubber's ruined flat. And I thought, oh, no big deal. And I just got that truck a, like a year and a half ago. 
So I thought, no big deal. I mean, I've got a, a jack and all that, but I thought, I'm, I'm going to use, you know, the jack that came with it. So I popped the seat open and no jack. <laughs> I thought, ah, oh, doggone. Never thought about checking that. So got my other jack out, and then I went to loosen the lug nuts, and I looked, oh, no tire iron either. <laughs> and I sold my other one with the other truck I sold. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's Sunday morning. And Charlie was out of town, so I had to go get donuts. I'm thinking, I am really running out of time, running out of time, running out of time. But, you know, thankfully, we could juggle some vehicles around and make that happen. But I, I just sat there and started laughing because I thought, it's Sunday. Any other day of the week, this would be not a big deal, right? Any other day. And I thought, this is just funny. I hope that's your reaction sometimes. But when stuff starts going wrong and the, and the tempers start to get short and and he or she's late, and you're trying to get them to hurry up, and we need to get there, and this and this and this, and something doesn't fit, and you break a shoelace, and right? <laughs> oh, man. Did you ever think this, that your attitude coming into church could determine what you receive here? Now, this... Uh, if your heart is hard... God respects that. He will work to soften it. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Your hardness or lack of receptivity to him will determine how much of him you receive. It works that way. It works that way. Now, he never gives up on you, and he continues working on you, and somebody here needed to hear that, and that made you uncomfortable and maybe a little irritated with me, and that's okay. I'm, I'm okay. But the fact is, as you walk in, you almost determine what you're going to get. Now, I was, a, I was a smart aleck kid growing up. I know for some of you, it's hard to believe that. Very sarcastic and, and smart aleck. In fact, in my high school, like one of my yearbooks, well, maybe more than one, I had a teacher write, okay, this amount of sarcasm may affect you negatively in your future or something like that. I'm like, oh. I had one call me a pickle. I don't even get that. I love pickles. But <clears throat> I remember, I will never forget this. We were sitting in church. I was in sixth grade. And uh, our church was laid out similar to this. And we were sitting kind of in like maybe the third or fourth row from the back right over here. And I remember we had this preacher. And, and I don't know what it was, but there was something about it. He was a guest speaker. And, and I was taking notes. And as we were writing, I said, that's not the verse. He, that verse is wrong. Like, my mom's like, be quiet. I said, and I looked it up. I said, see, it's wrong. She's like, be quiet. I'm like, well, he doesn't even know what he's doing. I'm a sixth grader, right? And she said, I wrote it down right here. She said, you can get something from anyone if your heart is right, and you're not too good for that. Hmm. And so she followed up later, what did you get from that? And I learned a good lesson that day. I was in sixth grade. What a smart aleck, arrogant jerk. And he was wrong. <laughs> but he was right about a lot of other things. He, I've done the same thing over the years and laughed when I go back through and my reference was wrong. I did it in this sermon, actually. Actually. <laughs> when I went to put it on version, and I typed in the... The reference, 
and it didn't pop up as the verse I thought. I'm like, what? What? And then I look back at my notes. Oh, I did what he did, and I had to laugh at myself because he was right in a lot of things. But my hardness of heart and my arrogance was keeping me from receiving what, what God was trying to put through him. And I've learned that over the years it's that I can learn if, I'm, if I will open my heart to him and I will come prepared to hear and to learn. It's something that you choose. There's this verse in Matthew. It's, if you weren't irritated a minute ago, you will be now. <laughs> These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I don't know about you, but there's times I, I'm frustrated with myself when this happens, but I can be singing the songs. I'm on key and everything. And every word, and my heart is not there. My mind is gone, and I'm thinking about other things. And, and then something will jar me back to reality, and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm just going through the motions. That's not what God wants for us. He wants you all here. He wants your heart here. He wants, he wants you to feel what, he, what, what he's trying to communicate to you. Don't wait until you're here. Start to get your heart even ready Sunday or Saturday night. Start thinking about Thinking about this, like, God, what are you going to do tomorrow? What, what are you going to say to us? What, what, what is going to happen? You know what you could start doing, even on your way to church? I might keep you out of a fight. <laughs> Just kidding. You, you know what you might do? You might start praying for me. God, I pray. I pray you will help him to get the verses right today. <laughs> you could start praying for our worship leaders. You could start praying for our Sunday school workers and for our volunteers and the, the people who greet. And the people who, who usher and the people who make this church run. You know, I'm never the first one here. Did you know that? One time, one time in six years, almost seven years. Charlie's here first every, every week, serving, serving. It's amazing. But, but here's what I'm saying. If, if, as you start to pray for that, God will start to work something in your heart and you will develop an expectation that he will meet and not only meet, he will exceed. Because there's a supernatural thing where God wants to work in our hearts and minds. He's working, but you have to be ready. To, and, and this sounds weird that you're going to let God do something, but you do. Because he's that kind of God where he gives you free will and wants you to exercise it and welcome him in. And then he works. You know what you could be praying for? You could be praying for people to come to Christ and know him in a new and deeper way. You, you know the church really isn't for the church, right? That sounds weird, but it's not that way. We, we, it's easy to get that way where we start to think, it's just about us and we're having a great time and I'm happy and that's all it needs to be. But the fact is, this is supposed to be like a mission hospital, not a cruise ship where we just enjoy what happens here in the buffet. And you're supposed to enjoy all that, but it's, it's about lost people. It's about people who you need to know about Jesus. It's about, it's about you bringing somebody who needs to hear this for the first time. And if this is something that you enjoy, maybe they'll enjoy, and they'll meet the Jesus you know and find the peace and forgiveness and the love that they've never had before. As you plug to God and you plan in to plug into him, it changes everything. You know what else? Uh, we don't mind suggestions. I love suggestions. But I know what it's like to be critical because I was that guy. And I have to watch that every time. Again, this is a little too much transparency with you today, but oh well. When I go to other churches or go to other events, 
I, I struggle to just listen and plug into God because I get focused on the way things are done, the methods and how this happened and when they did this and what the lights look like and where they're shining and if there's a shadow. And I'm like, God, stop. Help me stop that. I want to focus on what you're trying to say. And it's easy to do that. But if I'm praying that God would speak through somebody, if I'm praying that God would anoint that worship team, if I'm praying for lost people to hear and be changed, guess what happens? My focus changes. Instead of me being critical and evaluating those things, I'm expecting good things. You know what happens too? If I'm praying for new people to come to Christ, guess what I see? New people. Sound like that movie, I see new people. <laughs> right? Am I right? I see them because I expected them and I prayed for them and I, I noticed them because it's on my mind. But if all I'm thinking about is me, my day, then I come and just take care of me with who I want to talk to and what I want to do. And that's not how it works. That's not the best way. Let me, let's keep going. We, I, I got to hurry. I've been a little too preachy here. Let me encourage you to do this. All in. Participate fully. How many of y'all went to a junior high dance growing up? Remember that? And everybody's standing on the outside just looking around. All the boys together, all the girls together, you know. This is a dance, but nobody's dancing. <clears throat> How many of you have been to some event, maybe not a dance for something, but I hope I didn't offend any of y'all, but have you been to something where everybody's in? It's easier for you to get in because everybody's doing it, and it's like nobody's singled out. It's, it's like as if you, if you put it all in and get in and have fun, it's fun. And the more you put in, the more you get out. That's just how it goes. Now, I'm not saying everybody has to worship the same. Believe me, I'm not like a super demonstrative worshiper. I'm not. But I enjoy worship. You know, I, and there's times where you may feel self-conscious. Well, should I raise my hands? Should I not? I mean, I'm not used to raising my hands. My shoulder's getting tired. I mean, the fact is, the more you put in, the more you get out. It is. I, I'm going to say, I don't care how well you sing or how loud you sing, but it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what he thinks. You're here for him anyway, and he just wants you in and of it. <clears throat> okay, I was, this is, I realize now this is, this is trying to mess with somebody, I guess, but you know that term sea change? You know what that means? When something completely changes? It actually comes from a, from a Shakespeare play, 1600. And he talks about, he, he talks about Ariel singing this song, and she talks about, um, in this, I think it's in The Tempest, and she talks about how this guy is completely changed by the sea, almost kind of like Pirates of the Caribbean changes into some weird thing. But we use it in our terminology, our vernacular, where, where you've completely changed someone's point of view or a, a mindset or a worldview. Now, there was a time in history where a lot of people thought that the earth was the center of the universe, right? And that, that everything rotated around. Like, well, let me ask you, who, who saw the sun, up, sun come up today? <laughs> the four of us morning people? Yeah, it wasn't necessarily spectacular today. It was just, just a regular flat sun up, red, nothing. I love sunrises. Really, that's it, though? No one else saw the sunrise? But you know the sun doesn't rise, right? We know that right? You know what really happens? The sun's right there, but we're on a planet. Now, this is kind of weird. I don't want to fall off the stage here, but we're on a planet that is not only 
spinning, but it's going around the sun. Are you following me? Do you feel that? Let's try to feel it, everybody, right now. Let's just try. <laughs> Do you know how fast it's going? A thousand miles an hour. A thousand miles an hour. It's going a thousand miles an hour. I don't know if you did this, but when I was a kid, when I first heard that, I thought, well, if I jump up, what's going to happen? When <laughs> I'm dumb, I know. There it is. There's our planet. You can see the kind of the relative size and distance from the sun and all that. Sun's in the middle. When, when that became known, and, and, you know, Galileo and everybody, and I mean, there was more than him, but, you know, a lot of people were saying, hey, this is how it is. People struggled with that, right? They struggled to get their minds around, wait, 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 we're not the most important thing. What's the most important thing? Jesus, he's the most important thing. He's the center. He's it. He's why we do this. He's why we come here. Let me just give you real quick tips as we close out here. Quick tips on how to make that work. I'm going to encourage you to do this. If, if for you, you're thinking, all right, I, you know what? That all sounds right, and I do need to get back on track with some of that. Let me give you some tips on how to make that happen. One thing that will help you, and I know this sounds counterintuitive, but serving actually makes that happen. There's, there's a lot of opportunities to serve here. Uh, you know, our goal would be that, that we don't have anybody serving too much. Does this sound weird? But we do. We have some people who serve every week, and you're like, you need to be in charge too. You need to experience this too. You need to be part of this body of Christ. But there's times where they're, they're so passionate about helping, they can't. But, but I'll tell you this, the more you pour out, the more he pours in. The more you give, the more you get. That is how it works. And if you're doing it for him, that's the best that you could possibly be doing. The more you pour into others, the more he pours into you. Worship. I want you to worship. I want you to worship. Have a heart that worships. Again, you don't have to be a great singer. That's not it. That is, I mean, it matters, but it's not, that's not it. It's about meaning those words. Meaning those words. I'm going to do this. I'm going to bring us to a close. And, and Mary, if you could come up. Um, I'm going to bring us to a close. There's a couple of things I just want to mention to you. That, that I think are important for you as a Christian to be as involved and plugged in as you possibly can. But I think it works like this. I think for all of us, we need to be ready to take the next step, whatever that is. You know, Frank Hinkle, he shared a word that he, he got from the Lord. This has been now maybe a year ago. But he had said he'd gotten it a couple times where he saw this crowd of people and they were at this shore of a, of a sea or a lake or something. And he said it was so weird because this crowd of people, there were all these different depths. You know, there's a lot of people up on the shore like this. There were some people just in the water, one foot, some people deeper, deeper, deeper. Some people were really deep. Here's the word. This is what, this is what we all need to do. Whether, no matter what depth you're at, you need to just go deeper. Does that make sense? I'm not, I, I would love to see us all in the deep end. I would love that. But here's the thing. Our, our God wants you closer, deeper, more. He wants you to experience more. And like I said, it's up to you. It's, it's really up to you. You prepare ahead. You come. You're ready for him. You're praying about what he wants to do. You're focusing on where he wants to grow you. You're focusing and praying about, about new people. And, and maybe you can meet one of them or get to know them. And, and uh, you start to see them. But more important than any of that is that you keep him at the middle. He's the center. 
He's the most important part of any of this. So there may be things that, you know, bug you, maybe this or that, or that lights out, and I, I can't stop looking at it right there. But Jesus is still the most important thing. And I can still focus on him and, and think about him. Would you shut your eyes with me, please? <clears throat> I'm just curious if any of you in this room would be honest about the fact that maybe you've gotten a little off track on that. Anybody at all? If you'd raise your hand. I do see those hands. More importantly, Jesus sees those hands. I'm going to ask another question similar to that, though. I'm just going to ask, do any of you feel like you need to just step in a little deeper? If you do, I want you to raise your hand, and I just want to pray over you before Jeremy, Pastor Jeremy comes to close our service. <clears throat> All right, let me do this. God, we want to live for you in a way that goes beyond the normal, the way it, more and deeper than we did last week. God, we want our relationship with you to be that deeper walk where we're stepping in deeper and deeper and deeper. I pray, Father, for everyone who raised their hands that you would do that. You would, you would draw them more into relationship with you. And Father, as, as they build toward, you know, next Sunday or Wednesday or whenever they're here, that, that as they roll into this parking lot, God, that they would be praying that you would do something in their lives as, as we are praying for that. And that, God, that you would draw them to a deeper relationship. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen.